What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Redskins Nation, what is up? Back at it again. Tay and Todd, Redskins Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in, if you're tuning in. It's been a little while, Tay. We've, been, <laughs> we've had a little uh, scheduling issues, but better late than never. That's right. That's for sure. And it's not like, you know, we have plenty of stuff to talk about. Honestly, that's not the problem. We have yeah. plenty of stuff to talk about and plenty of people we've asked or plan to ask to come on. So. We need to set a day of the week, and just that'll be our recording day. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Definitely, definitely have to do that. Uh, anything new going on? Man, not much. Just just trying to keep up with everything. And so I know I sent sent some videos to you uh, throughout the week. You know, we saw the, the Ryan Kerrigan Zoom conference and the Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin Zoom conference, and um, just very good stuff, man. Just. I'm just loving the the overall atmosphere of the team, and it's definitely something to look forward to. Also, funny story: the guy I met at Gelato Shop downtown, Old Town, Alexandria. If you're listening, <laughs> thank you for for, right. for listening, and right. I appreciate you. Uh, we met this guy. Uh, I met this guy last week, last Saturday. It was, and um, he's working at the Gelato Shop, and he's a Redskins fan, and. He knew what he was talking about, so I appreciate it. I told him to check out the podcast. He talked about how he went to school with uh, Chase Young. So oh, wow. uh, if you're out there and you're listening, um, yeah. thank you. Thank you for yeah, giving us support. You. Hook us up with some gelato, too, while you're at yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but going into Ryan Kerrigan, uh, the press conference, the, the Zoom conference uh, last, last Thursday, there's a couple things that stood out to me. Uh, is, is Kerrigan, he – Ryan Kerrigan, he wants to be here in Washington, yeah. and uh, I remember when we drafted him, and from out of, out of, uh, Purdue. Yeah, and he Funny. was, yeah, had the long I was, hair. I was mad we uh, we didn't draft Blaine Gabbert, but oh you know, really? Thank God I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, the long hair. I remember, 
Yes, because, you know, Clay Matthews, I think, was booming at that time. So I'm like, man, yeah. we got to find a Clay Matthews. And then you go out and you see Ryan Kerrigan. He had the long hair. And then yep. soon after he gets drafted, he cuts it. I'm like, oh, right, right. Goodness, come on. <laughs> the hair was supposed to do it. <laughs> yeah, the hair was going to do it. We wanted the hair. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm just impressed. Uh, he's been with the Redskins since 2011. Yeah. Uh, and obviously his contract is ex- expiring after this year. but. Uh, the good thing, second longest tenor Redskin besides Nick Sudenberg, but the good thing I like about him is he wants to be here. And um, I think he, he's just a Washington Redskin. He's about uh, a, a sack and a half away from breaking the all-time record, yeah, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And um, I just like that he wants to be here. And he expressed that during the Zoom conference. Uh, off And also – with that being said, this is his first time actually playing in the four three defense. Right. Um, so I know he expressed some not necessarily concerns, but he was he was very excited about the new challenge he has. And he was also very disappointed about the the sack numbers he had last year. You know, he battled a lot of injuries. Yeah. Uh five and a half sacks Isn't last that the year. The first time he missed a game was last year. Yeah, I believe so. That's insane. I believe so. And and you know the good thing about the, the competition is it's going to push him. He's going to be fresh. I, I remember right, someone right. saying this week how they're all going to be fresh. You know, right. you take these out and you're going to put two more in and like they're all going to be fresh. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he led, if he led us in sacks. I mean, he's done it time and yeah. time again, you know, and, and now he's going to have favorable matchups. Right. Get those one-on-ones. Yes. All the time, you know, and uh, he's, he's excited about Chase Young. And the funny thing about the conference is he even mentioned, he said, heck, I would have taken Chase Young at number two also. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, know, like he's not, he, you know, it's so easy for people to get mad about another guy coming in, you know, a big-time player. But um, he, he understands that, that Chase Young is the real deal, and he can see it. And he even said in the, in the conference, in the, uh, in the meetings, Chase Young stands out just the knowledge yeah. you know, of, of what of what he's learned and and things like that. So he, he he spoke really highly of Chase Young, and that says a lot for a guy who works hard and is about to be the all-time sack leader for for the Redskins. So yeah, um, that that says a lot. And um, he he carries that same. Another thing I noticed is he carries that same uh, the motto as Jonathan Allen is. Yes, we have talent, but we still got to go out there and do something about it. So I'm looking forward to to his his season with us, and I I want him to retire. Redskin, I I like Ryan Carey. Yeah, same. He he's been he's been a key part of this team, and I want to see him. I want him to see the success. You know that we finally have. I believe we're finally about to have as Redskins fans and Redskins as a team. Yeah, it's tough to find guys who like Kerrigan who become like lifelong Redskins nowadays, right? Yeah. And who actually are good players. Because, like, right. Trent Williams, you know, should have been that. Yeah. Brian Arakpo. Uh, there's been <laughs> there's been lots of guys who were supposed to be that and then something changed. But mm-hmm. Ryan Kerrigan deserves that success. Like, <laughs> I want him to retire Redskin. If for some reason he didn't, I, would, I wouldn't be mad at him. I would hope he goes to a Super Bowl contender and gets his ring because right, he deserves right. that. Yeah, he does. But I think he could really have a great year. Um, McLaurin talked also. And so one of the, the, the takeaways, I'm sorry, one of the main takeaways was how he said that uh, one thing he noticed about the offense was that just from, like, learning the new system and whatnot, 
that they're really trying to put, uh, push the ball down the field and make explosive plays, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, you have a quarterback who can get the ball down the field. You have receivers like McLaurin who can make plays down the field. So it was cool to hear that. And it falls in line with uh, what Mark is going to talk about in part two of this uh, offensive overview and then air Coriel system. It was cool to hear him say that. And then, I mean, just, I mean, listening to the guy speak, it's like, again, he's younger than both of us, but he just, he carries himself so <laughs> professional. Like there's no reason <laughs> The only thing in my mind that could keep Terry from being like an all-time great Redskin and then maybe just a a really good receiver in the league is really just like health. Not that he's had health issues, but I don't see anything else stopping that from happening because he clearly has the ability. He clearly has the work ethic. He clearly has the mindset. So, I mean, if he gets the ball, which he will because he'll be open, you know, he's going to have a great career. And I just hope that that career is him and Dwayne, you know, that, that duo, that tandem, like so many other teams have had. Um, he spoke highly of Dwayne. He spoke about Steven Sims saying, you know, his feet are getting right, which was, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was cool to hear him kind of say that specifically, not just generically. Especially coming generally. from him, you know, especially right. coming from the Terry. Footwork master, know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we saw that video of Sims moving his feet at a thousand miles oh, an hour this past week. And I mean, if Sims' feet have gotten better, because I mean, he was an undrafted rookie, obviously for a reason. Obviously, had room to improve, but we we saw his routes at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. So if he's gotten even better than that, then that's oh going to be really cool. I mean, um, even in pre even in preseason, Sims yeah, was. I yeah. mean, I remember. I, I don't know if we we talked about him, but. He was balling in the preseason. He was. He was. Ma- and I making mean, tough catches and everything. We didn't really know much about him before that, you know, because he right, already had right. Cam Sims. So it was like, who is mm-hmm. his other Sims? But mm-hmm. Steven Sims can be dangerous. Not that that's who we're talking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, McLaurin is clearly – maybe he doesn't know it, but I think he is a leader on this team already. Yeah. I think he's going to become even more of a leader on this team. I just hope that he's here for a long time. I mean, me too. you know, if he can be that, you know, Santana Moss, except he was drafted and he has more success, then that'd be cool. Right. You know, he, he should be that guy. He looks the part 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And then he, and he said Dwayne looks great. He slimmed down, all that stuff. One thing that's interesting is we all know that Dwayne and uh, McLaurin played together at Ohio State, so there's that familiarity. I didn't know till recently that uh, Kelvin Harmon and Dwayne actually have had even more history. Like they go wow. even further back. I think Harmon is from the same area in Jersey, maybe. Wow. They like played uh, in like tournaments and camps and stuff together. So he has even more history with Kelvin, but it's cool that he has like history with both of them. It is pretty cool. And then, you know, it's yeah. McLaurin is an, an impressive dude, man. <laughs> that jersey, I got to get that jersey. <laughs> yes, you have to. Uh, I, I have to, too. <laughs> yeah, that's one, that's one I would feel real comfortable buying. Um, he, he's just a professional, man. He's really, he really is. professional. Like, really uh, professional. Like, it's crazy. He could teach a class on it to, to other guys, other <laughs> rookies. So, yeah, it was cool to hear, it was cool to hear people speak. Um, Ron, uh, Dwayne, Ryan, and uh, Terry, because you know there's just so little going on right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's cool to hear them actually talk. Um, so the other thing we want to talk about before we get into Mark's part two, which if you listen to part one, part two is just as as cool as part one. 
tons of stuff in there. It's, I think we split it right about down the middle. So it's just about the same amount of time and information. Uh, but just before that, we had tweeted out a stat line prediction, which I think we'll, we'll do for some players just as we head towards the season. So the prediction, and we worked together on this kind of Tay, um, is for Dwayne Haskins, 2020 stat line. So all of this is obviously assuming 16 game season. Um, he starts 16 games. He's healthy 16 games. Uh, 4,300 yards, 67% completion, 28 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 300 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, 99.4 rating. So what, what are your, what are your thoughts on the viability of that? Yeah. Yeah. How, how viable do you think those lines, do they sound realistic? Are we being, are we being too optimistic? Are we, you know, I, I, I really don't know, but, I know how the offense is going to cater him and the offense is going to be tailored Spread. around him. That's and what his arm. Warren said was just spreading it out more. Yeah. You're going to spread it out. And then also he has weapons. Now you got three guys, two guys on the offense with four, three speed, you know, yeah. and then you throw in guys and you throw in all these, I think it's definitely an option. You think of the spacing that's going to be there where he can throw a screen pass and you got a guy like Terry McLaurin or Steve yeah. Sims or Antonio Gibson that can just right, take right. that to the crib, you know, take it to the crib all the time. So I don't think I can see him getting about 300, 250 between 250 to 300 yards a game. And he'll, and he'll, and he'll light it up. He'll, he'll I can light see it up. that too. It really seems like it's going to be, and I mean, Mark talked about that, but it, you pass to get the lead. And then, and then Terry talks about explosive plays yeah. and all that. I mean, and then you and then you compare Dwayne to Kyle and Dwayne down the field passing with his arm strength, with his ability is more right, of a strength right. of his. So it's like when you said two fifty to three hundred yards a game, mm-hmm. I mean, that range sounds kind of realistic to me. Yeah. yeah. And then I mean, like hypothetically, if they are losing in lots of games and now they have to pass to catch up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's another thing to consider. Obviously, hopefully not, but still. I think then, honestly no, go ahead. The touchdowns, the touchdowns, I think, is definitely attainable. Uh, you look at that Giants game where you had, if I'm not mistaken, three in the first three half. Three in the first half. Yeah, okay, I thought so. Three in the first half. I mean, yeah. and, and granted, every game's not going to be like that, but we're going to play some weak defenses, I, I believe. And like I said, that is attainable as well. Yeah, I was kind of – I was trying to sort out the touchdowns in my mind, like how they'd have to be broken down. I think it was something like if he has four games with three, then that's 12. Mm-hmm. And then if he has like what six games with two, then that's another twelve, right? So that's right. twenty-four, and right. that's ten games. Yeah. So then he just has to throw four more, and that doesn't sound crazy to me. And I started looking back and like seeing what guys, you know, and, and like what guys in the league throw that many, and if it's typically the best guys on the best teams, and it kind of varies from year to year. Last year there were a lot more guys who threw a lot more touchdown passes versus this year, the most last year, the most was 50 2019. I mean, 2018 Mahomes' first year was 50. Mm. Uh, Last year, the most was 36 Lamar Jackson. Only four guys threw over 30 the year before that. It was like nine or 10. Um, So, Mm. and then not all those guys were, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilson's. So, I mean, 28, the 28 touchdowns to me sounds like the most, optimistic but it doesn't sound unattainable assuming he starts 16 games yeah and that the 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 yards to me really doesn't like honestly that seems kind of on the low end to me 4300 yards like yeah 
Kirk almost threw 5,000 around, around here a couple of years ago. I know this is all different, but eight interceptions. I think Dwayne is actually pretty careful with the ball. I think he is too. I think obviously as a rookie, his first few games, obviously had his issues. I mean, he threw seven picks, but four of them came in his relief games. So right. the other three came in his actual starts, which mm-hmm. was seven games. And, I mean, he just – he seems to be very careful with the ball while also not being gun-shy. So, eight interceptions seems real. He had 100 rushing yards. And then I think with him slimming down and just playing, I, I think 300 yards sounds kind of reasonable. I think he's – we know he's going to move around more than we thought. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, he, he – the touchdowns, I feel like, will come from him just putting his body on the line, which right. <laughs> I don't love the <laughs> – idea of that <laughs> but I, I don't I wonder about like read option and stuff yeah part of me and 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 I can just say this quickly part of me has wondered if if there's any world where can uh, uh, Dwayne is not cam but he is big bodied and so I wonder if you do have some read option or like QB draw kind of plays d- drawn up for him at all like like heavy power QB runs. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the idea. Of oh. <laughs> I don't like the idea of that, but I'm wondering <sighs> if they look at him and say he can do that. And if he says, yeah, I can do it. Or if it's like, no, just let's put him in the pocket. Yeah. I think, I think he's a pure pocket passer. You just, I think he is I, too. I, I love that about him. I love that about him. Yeah. You know, just let him occasionally, you know, run, you know, he had the little, the fake pitch last year. He and the fake pitch was nice. That was so nice. I've never seen that, that before. <laughs> Maybe I don't watch enough college ball, but that was great. But if you could throw some plays, some wrinkles in like that every now yeah. and then, that's fine. But I don't, I don't, I don't want him running up the middle like Cam. <laughs> I do not want him. Yeah, I mean, Cam was an injured guy. Cam, Cam yes. had his injuries. He played through yes. them. But, um, I think, I think read option stuff. We'll see. Like not, not a ton of, but I think mm-hmm. we'll see. But yeah, I don't think we'll see that the QB power for tight ends straight up the middle. <laughs> no, please no. If you please, use the no. um, Panthers offensive playbook on Madden, that's, there's a lot of that in there. <laughs> yes. And I avoid those plays every <laughs> single time. <laughs> Cause also in Madden, they'll fumble it like every yes, time. Yes. Uh, and then the rating 99.4 based on that, based on those passing numbers sounds about right. It kind of like I was looking at other guys with similar stat lines in recent history, and it seems like if he hit those numbers, his rating would be in in that area of ninety nine point four. So, yeah, you know, there's obviously a lot of you know ifs and and whatnot going into this year, but there's there's potential. These guys have talked about it. There is the potential. Yeah. Yeah. It has to come together. And I hope that these guys stay healthy so we can actually see it happen. Because that's the most frustrating thing. It is. It really is. A guy with potential that just never gets to show it. You know, I, I eat, obviously, Geif. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to say it, but. Right, right. Did, the, the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, I mean, yeah, we can just we can keep doing more predictions and kind of seeing, seeing what, what people feel about it, how we feel about it. So I guess now we'll go right into part two with Mark Bullock. Again, Mark, uh, he, he writes for The Athletic. He used to write for The Washington Post. He always provides screenshots or uh, videos of his 
breakdowns as he dissects plays and whatnot. Um, and you always learn something listening to Mark because he knows his stuff. Like he just, he's very, he's, he speaks in a way that I don't hear other sports guys except for former players speak. Right. So listen, check it out. Let us know uh, if you like it and like, and subscribe. We got three more uh, five-star reviews. Which oh. is cool. So, so subscribe, leave a five-star review. <laughs> If you don't want to leave five stars, just don't leave a review at all. <laughs> so, all right, let's go into Mark Bullock with The Athletic. So, one thing about the Panthers offense that stood out is, you know, Christian McCaffrey obviously being the weapon he is, but still – Last two seasons, over 100 catches both years. I think something like 115 this year. I'd imagine – well, yeah, we don't have to, I don't have to say you – I'd imagine you've done an in-depth look because I'm, I'm sure you have. So those catches, or all those receptions, all those touches, they were drawn up, I would imagine, more so than Kyle Allen, for example, taking the check down all the time. Were they more schemed for him to get the ball that much, or was it more just a, a matter of, you know – Kyle taking the check down kind of as he's coached to do letting Christian McCaffrey work. And then if it is more schemed up, do you think that that's kind of what um, Scott Turner would have in mind for Antonio Gibson, even if it's not this year long-term? Uh, I think it was kind of a bit of both. I, I think it was kind of 50, 50. Uh, they certainly schemed up plenty of touches for McCaffrey, but they also called plays where they knew McCaffrey would be the check down option. And, so they would say, hey, look, Kyle, your first read's this. It's a deeper shot. If yeah. you don't like it, just check it down to McCaffrey and he'll make it work, you know? Yeah. So um, it, there, there was certainly plenty of checkdowns that McCaffrey caught. Um, I, I, I don't have an exact number for you, um, but I would, I would guess it would be pretty even in terms of, you know, checkdowns compared to schemed up plays. Um, it's an offense that does target the running back a lot, which yeah. some people will say isn't necessarily the best idea um, because when you look at the uh, sort of yards per route run by running backs, it's typically a lot lower. Um, but yeah. uh, depending on how you target those running backs and the situations in which you target those running backs, if it's third and four, and the running back gets you four yards, then you've got the first down. That's the key part. It's not necessarily yeah. that you wanted the 20 yard play. You just wanted the four yard play to get the first down. So yeah, that um, makes sense. there, there was certainly plenty of scheming. That is definitely something I think Antonio Gibson will, will be used um, on, on with moving around and, and playing some receiver, playing some running back and, and, even some H back and, and moving yeah. all over the place and, and just finding ways to get him the ball in space because that's where he's explosive. Um, he, he's as a route runner, he's not McCaffrey and he's not, he, he needs a lot of work on his route running. Um, and as a running back, he actually, I was actually quite impressed with how he looks as a running back. Um, and, yeah. and he had a natural feel for um, the rushing lanes and, and how to set up blockers and, um, and what paths he needs to take, but he did have a limited amount of 
carries. I think he only had 33 carries last year as a running yeah. back. So it, it's there's a limited sample size to go for. But um, I, I certainly think the majority of his work will be like catching the ball out of the backfield or from yeah. the slot and and, and manufacturing touches um, and then you know a, a fair amount of checkdowns. Um, if if they run four verticals and it's not there, you check it down to the back. Some I think John Gruden famously said like um, I think 80 percent of uh, four vertical calls get checked down to the running back. So <laughs> yeah. that, that that's that's kind of what you're All looking one. at with with running backs. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I think that's that's the kind of thing where you can dial up some deeper shots, and you know that you've got a guy like Gibson or um, Sims or, or whoever McKissick underneath that you can dump it off three yards over the ball, and they'll turn and beat a guy and turn it into five, six, ten maybe 15 yards and that's the kind of thing you're looking at with, with someone like Gibson. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and with Gibson running the ball, he, he did talk about it and you can see it that he, he does have a, a good amount of patience while running the ball, which is, you know, impressive. And, and he's a guy who you, you don't mind getting him the ball three yards out because he could turn it into something, which, which is exciting. Um, I had, when I watched Gibson, some, in some ways he kind of, Reminded me of I'm gonna say a name and I I guess I want to hear your thoughts on the comparison. I said Gibson's bigger, so I feel like he's stronger than this person, um, but he's faster. And then this person is quicker; they're a little bit smaller. But I kind of was wondering if the Gibson Kamara comparison makes sense to you at all, based on what you've seen with them, with basically with what they can do with the ball in their hands, or if if you think they're just really totally different players. Uh, I don't think it's the most outlandish comparison I've seen. Um, I, I think they're quite different in that um, Kamara has outstanding contact balance and and, yeah. and quickness, as you say, and, and he's someone that you want to run option routes with. You want you want to get him mm-hmm. where he's coming out of a backfield like Chris Thompson would and you'd square up a linebacker and give him that little crossover and get inside and, and to explode from there. Um, Gibson doesn't have that same kind of quickness and, and burst. Um, yeah. Doesn't. Not that he's, he's not faster or anything like that, but there's a different skill set, and, and he's, yeah. um, he's, he's probably faster over a, a long straight distance. Yeah. Um, and, and he's someone that, is more physical as well. I think he can, yeah. he can, he'll not just take on blockers, but he will invite contact and, and knock guys over. Whereas Kamara does break tackles because of his balance, but it's more because of how balanced he is and, and how he can dip his hips and, and maintain his balance and not fall over and not get brought down um, and, and kind of ride the tackle and bounce off it. Whereas uh, Gibson kind of just knocks guys over and says, "I'm yeah. bigger than you. I'm right, stronger right. than you. I'll, I'll <laughs> burst through this tackle easily." Right. So, um, which is, it, you know, it, it's a different skill set, but it's it's still fun to watch, and um, yeah, it's still something that can be used in in not too dissimilar ways, but um, there are some subtle differences. Yeah, and and that makes sense. I and I was surprised to see Kamara had run, I think, a four, five, six, or something. Because you know yeah. he definitely looks faster than that running the ball. Yeah, he definitely does, and, and that's that's when the kind of it, it's almost cliche at this point when when draft analysts say quicker than fast, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it means that 
they are more twitchy and yeah. in, in a short area they can burst sideways or yeah. diagonally or forward whereas you have a guy that runs a 4-2 but they can't move sideways it's the yeah. kind of robert griffin that's Lamar exactly Jackson. what i was gonna say <laughs> yeah it, griffin in a straight line it was probably as fast as anyone yeah but um if he, he had to move around and dodge people then you'd, you'd take like a lamar, lamar jackson over him because yes, lamar yes. is ridiculously he can stop on a dime and, and yeah. cut so um that's kind of what you're talking about when it comes to quicker than fast yeah, you read my mind with that one. Beat me to it, and that's but that's a perfect comparison. So then, real quick, who would you compare Gibson to, present or past player? Who have you kind of feel like you've seen? Who do you feel like you've seen? Uh, it's hard to say because uh, personally, I'm not much for comparisons. Okay. Um, just just because I, I kind of if I it, it's there's two reasons really. One is that if I start comparing him to someone, I only see that person's traits in the player. And then yeah. I lose my track of my evaluation of that player. That's fair. Uh, and, and the second is that I, I kind of, I don't want to like burden a guy with like the comparison. Like yeah. the typical one is like quarterbacks and saying, right. oh, this guy's the next Drew Brees or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Then, yeah. then you're putting like a huge burden on them and like just let them be their own guy. So I'm not one for comparison. So I haven't really thought of a huge comparison for Gibson. Okay. Uh, it, it's hard to say because he's quite unique in what he does. And yeah. with the amount of touches that he had in college, it wasn't like huge. Right, um, right. So, like, it, th- there's this kind of a small sample size as well. So, I, I, I can't really give you a solid answer for that one. That's fine. I mean, maybe the only comparison for him is maybe the only comparison for Antonio Gibson is Antonio Gibson, you know, <laughs> and yeah. that's fine. Um, and so, I think we just have a, a couple more questions here, but thank you and appreciate it. And, and it's, it's been a fun conversation already. <laughs> um, okay. So, talking about Gibson, so could you. I'll, I'll give you two chances on this one, I guess. Okay. So, sorry. I was just thinking through something, but for, for the first four guys picked in the draft and then for the last four guys picked, could you pick one from each group that you are most excited about? I'm tempted to take Chase Young out of the equation because okay. that's too easy of a choice. That is very easy. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So we'll take Chase Young out of the equation. So then the first half of guys drafted, which I guess would be Gibson, uh, Gandy Golden and Charles. Yep. And then the second half, uh, which ones you're most excited about as prospects? As prospects, uh, see, outside of Chase Young, those first four guys or the other three of the first four, I I see all of them being kind of boom-bust guys. Um, okay. And, and I see them, you kind of feel like it's unlikely that all three of them hit. Um, okay, that's, yeah. I, the the one that I think has the highest floor would be Sadiq Charles. Okay. Um, because I think he's the most likely to not bust out because if if it doesn't go well, it, he uh, tackle he can move inside the guard. Although I think yeah. he is a tackle. Um, I think he has the feet to play tackle, mm-hmm. and I think he just needs to learn hand placement and. Um, and maybe uh, get a little bit stronger in an NFL weight room in an NFL program. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Gibson, as we say, he's incredibly explosive and like 
when you watch him, you, there's so many wow plays, but it's, you also kind of wonder why did he not get more touches? Why did he only have this production in the last year? Um, and and it, how many ways can they use him? Um, and then Antonio Gandy-Golden is one where he he's the one I think it'd be most likely to bust out of them. Um, uh, he because receiver is kind of hard to make your way into the league anyway as a wide receiver yeah. um, and, and adjusting to the press coverage and just the general better coverage and tighter coverage. Um, and I don't think he's necessarily someone that will come in and, and know how to create separation straight away. Um, like McLaurin was able to, because McLaurin had outstanding quickness as well as speed um, and he could yeah. separate his route running. Whereas um, Gandy Golden separates more vertically um and and uses his size and that takes a a special kind of body to be able to do that but also it takes a special kind of trust from the quarterback that he's going to win because he might not look open but you've got to trust that he's going to go up and get that ball so as a long way of saying i I, the most (laughs) the one i'm most excited about uh, the first lot is um probably sadiq charles because okay I think he's the most likely to hit, um, and if he does, then you've got a, a left tackle replacement at the you know at the hardest position to fill. Well, yeah. not necessarily the hardest position to fill, but one of the biggest needs that they had to fill after losing, you know, Trent Williams. Um, and it's something that I think Redskins fans have taken for granted. Um, so that left tackle spot. So if if they hit on that one, then that is huge. So uh, yeah, Charles out of there first four. Um, and then the last four, uh, I wasn't, I didn't get the chance to watch too much of um, Keith Ishmael because I couldn't get much film on him. I think I got okay. one game, and gotcha. it, it was like s- tiny, small picture that was so <laughs> grainy I couldn't really make <laughs> make out who he was. So, okay. Uh, I... You are muted. Actually, one sec. Oh, it I came may have up accidentally said, done that. Yeah, it came up saying the host muted me. Yeah, sorry uh, about that. I was trying to mute myself. I wasn't thinking. Um, <laughs> okay, you can start over with uh, it's Ishmael. You're saying you didn't have much film Ishmael. on him. Yeah, I didn't have much film on Ishmael, so um, I I don't I don't want to put him in there because I don't think it's fair. Um, out of the yeah. other guys, I I I think Kaliki Hudson is gonna have the longest career out of them. I okay. I, I think. Um, I don't necessarily think that's going to be hugely impactful on defense. Although I think, I think he's going to be a special teamer. I think he's going to be one hell of a special teamer. Um, uh-huh. uh, he, like, you only have to look at the fact he blocked. I think it was four or five punts in his career, yeah, yeah. and like nobody does that throughout an entire <laughs> career, let alone like four years in college. So, right. um, that is kind of incredible, and he's a fantastic special teamer. Um, I, I've been told I need to go back and watch his film from 2017 because people then thought that that film was as good as um, Tyron Matthew. And that's wow, okay. saying, saying something. something. That is saying and something. I, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him because right. obviously something's happened where he's like, you know, <laughs> fifth round pick instead you know of the, the first. 
the headline of this podcast now is going to be Kaliki Hudson, Tyron Matthew, question mark. <laughs> yeah, so he, he, he's someone that I, I think he played a similar role. Um, mm-hmm. They call it the Viper role at Michigan, um, where he was kind of a hybrid linebacker safety. Um, and Tyron Matthew played a little bit more corner um, and kind of slot corner safety. So it wasn't quite the same role, but um, it's not too dissimilar. And I, I think... If, uh, from what I've been been told about that previous film, if he can get to that, then there is certainly a role for him on defense. But um, wow. from what I watched of him from his 2019 film, um, it wasn't he. He wasn't Tyron Matthew. Um, he was still a good player. Um, weirdly, he was a better run defender um, than coverage guy, which at his size you would kind of think it would be the opposite. But um, he he was a very very good run defender actually, um, and, and kind of not too dissimilar to Ryan Anderson in that kind of there is a role for that, that kind of player, but it it's not necessarily as prominent as it once was in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so I think he's the one that will probably stick around longest. Um, but uh, the seventh rounder James Smith Williams probably has um, more upside than Cameron Curl. Um, that he's very raw. He only just learned the position and he's still learning it and saw some traits of explosiveness and um some decent hand placement and like he's one of those guys that you're like yeah he he had some good traits and he only just learned the position so maybe if we get him in an nfl room and and teach him how to actually play the position he has the raw physical attributes that could turn into something but it's kind of a long shot so hudson probably out of the last four and i guess i'll go with Charles out of the first four, as I'm not allowed to take Chase Young. <laughs> yeah, sorry, get to put a restriction on that. It's too easy. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I guess when you talk about the second half and the back half of the draft, you get a guy who can be a solid contributor at special teams for years. Obviously, that's super valuable. And yep. then a guy in the seventh round where you see the the, the potential or the physical traits. So it, it makes sense. Um, so, I mean, if you if you want to just talk about Chase Young for a moment, you can go ahead. If not, you don't have to. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk, talk about Chase Young because <laughs> yeah. uh, you know I've I've watched almost basically every game he played. Um, wow. Okay, and, that's and cool. Yeah, he he, um, he was a lot of fun to watch. And uh-huh. Like I I've not done deep dives into the draft for that many years. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I so I can't be like, oh, I I watched Joey Bosa all those years ago, and, and yeah, I watched so much Nick Bosa and, and he's better than both of them. I can't say that, but uh-huh. what I can say is of the players that I have studied throughout years of watching the draft, um, I haven't seen anyone impact as many plays on a play-by-play basis as Chase Young did. Um, and gotcha. okay. by that, I mean, he either, you know, got a sack or a pressure himself or he blew up a run play or, he forced the offensive line to slide three guys his way and that opened up matchups for his teammates and they made the play. Um, so on a play-by-play basis, he impacted so many more plays than anyone else. And, and that was why I was more than happy for the Redskins to stick it to and take him rather than trade back and, and take someone like Isaiah Simmons, who I, I really liked, but yeah, there were, yeah. there, uh, Simmons, I think, could be a very good player and there is a role and there is a path for him to become one of the top players in the NFL because of his ability and coverage with his size. And he could be one of those guys that can 
answer the problem of the athletic receiving tight end that the NFL has no answer for. Um, so he could be special in that regard, but he has a ways to go to get there and he could just equally bum out if he doesn't find the right fit um, and the wrong coach gets hold of him or what have you. Um, and he didn't impact as many plays as Chase Young. Um, and and I, just, I just feel like if you're going to take a guy in the first round and you have a chance to take a guy in the second overall pick, and he's a guy that impacts so many plays. Um, it just improves the entire defense, and it, it takes it to a new level. So, yeah, I, I was thrilled about taking Chase Young, and, and he was a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, and one thing that's – because as a fan, you know, you always think of guys in the draft, of guys you're ready to see them play. And lots of times that's on offense because you can see it more a little bit more tangibly sometimes, catch the ball, run the ball, throw the ball. Yeah. Chase Young, it's like, and I've never felt this way coming out of a draft into a you know a season. Is I'm excited to see the defense on the field. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see the second and longs, the third and longs, you know, and just watch Chase Young, watch the whole defensive line. So it's it's something, yeah, it's different with that guy. So thank you for talking about that. Um, and then talking about Isaiah Simmons, and obviously there was some debate there. On obviously it's the draft. There's debate, but just I just want to quickly hear what you think because there's a debate. Some people, and I guess guys at Pro Football Focus would tell you, and I'm not a Pro Football Focus hater. It's all about how you apply the stats, right? But um, they would tell you that coverage is more important than pass rush, right? Or at least I've seen that said, right? Yes. Um, and, you know, obviously we're always, we've always believed that coverage, you know, won't even need – I mean, sorry, that pass rush will allow it so that the coverage doesn't have to do much on the back end. Yes. So I'm wondering where you stand on that kind of debate. If you really think it's a debate, but um, if you're more of a believer in, in building that D-line or building the secondary? There is certainly, uh, from the analytics community, a kind of trend of believing that coverage is more important than pass rush. And yeah. there is something to it because of how the NFL has trended to the passing game and the quick passing game. And like what we talked about earlier with Turner, which was you know trying to move guys around and create matchups and, and get a receiver on a safety and, and take the quick win um, that a pass rusher doesn't have the opportunity to get to the quarterback before the ball comes out. Um, yeah. So there is something to that. Um, however, my argument against that when it comes to the draft um, is that one corner doesn't on his own doesn't, change the coverage so that whole debate of coverage is more important than pass rush relies on entire secondary and linebackers and safeties to yeah. cover everyone right, um, right right if you if if you have one person busting then that defeats the purpose <laughs> of the whole lot right yes yes so um if if you have five Darrell Revises and you can cover everyone, then yes, your coverage is going to be more important than your pass rush. But nobody has that. Um, and right. so you could take um, an Isaiah Simmons or a Jeff Okuda and, and you could say they're going to be really good and they're going to improve our coverage. And they would. But they can only cover one guy or they can only right. cover one zone. Right. Um, in it, you need an entire secondary to step up to do that. Yeah. And, you know, you can invest a lot in a secondary and you can get that kind of production out of it, in which case, yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree that it could be more important than a pass rush. But 
you need an entire group when it comes to an individual basis. You, at pick number two, do I take a cornerback or do I take a pass rusher? The pass rusher is going to impact more plays than the one single corner because yeah, you, yeah, Jeff Okuda could have marked you know um, CD Lamb out of a game for the Cowboys, but the Cowboys can then go to Amari Cooper right, or they right, can right. go to the tight end or they they can go to whoever else you know. Yeah, so it, it's not like he can take away an entire group of receivers, whereas Chase Young can get to the quarterback pretty Stop damn quickly. Source. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that's why I think there is merit to the argument, but I think when you're talking about an individual player and an individual pick, um, I think Chase Young adds more value than a corner on its own. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like you said, when you look at Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman, uh, Darrell Revis, or Stephon Gilmore, any of those guys, in, in those situations, they are playing with a very good defense, you know, overall. Yep. And then they are excelling because of you know the great talent they have around them. So not taking credit from them, but it, it takes a lot more work in unison. So okay, sorry, I just these these things are kind of popping up in my head. And so I we're gonna I guess finish up here and get you off of here. So just um quickly uh talk about the tight end position which is maybe the biggest weakness on this team um do you think that going into 2020 and and based on what you've seen i know they had greg olson in carolina but do you envision tight end being on the back burner some in terms of um, like how how they are used or intended to be used on offense or uh I don't necessarily think it'll be on the back burner. Um, the tight end role is still a pretty important role, um, and it is within any offense. Yeah. Um, I, I think they don't have a Greg Olson or a, a true number one guy, and, and they, they didn't really get that. So uh, um, to that degree, I don't think they're going to have a guy that they'll say they'll give the ball 70, 80, 70 60, 80 times throughout the year and, and trust him as a legit number one guy they, they just don't have that guy um but it's there is still an important role for the tight end within the offense and it was something that um part of being able to generate matchups with the likes of McCaffrey and, and Samuel in in Carolina and and to some extent DJ Moore too was being able to put multiple tight ends out on the field and force the defense into a base defense. And then you can put the tight ends yeah. out, out wide. You can motion them out wide. And then you've got two tight ends outside with two receivers in the slot. Mm. And then the defense has to either say, right, okay, we're showing that we're going to play man coverage because we're putting our linebackers outside and our corners inside. Or we're showing that we're playing zone coverage because we're putting our corners outside on the tight ends and we're leaving the linebackers on the wide receivers. So at which point you've then got receivers on linebackers and you're taking that matchup. You're going inside all day long. So um, the tight end position is important within the offense um, because of how it can dictate the matchups of a defense. But they don't have the guy that they're going to rely on to catch 50, 60, 70 balls throughout the year. They they just don't have that guy. Um, and, and, you know, the, they have some guys that can play some roles, but they don't have that number one guy to fill it gotcha okay and that makes sense so thank you for kind of clarifying that and i'm sure if they had a a weapon like that then it would it wouldn't yeah i mean it would be better it would be yeah. it would be great it'd be better and, and sure. i'm sure that's the goal so okay last two so 
Dwayne Haskins obviously improved over the course of the season. Anyone who, who, you know, has, who tries to deny that just isn't watching the film. You know, the stats are one thing, but he improved. And so I guess, what are your thoughts on Dwayne? How are you feeling about Dwayne? Uh, just briefly going into 2020, you know, taking into account what we saw last year and then what we expect to see in, a, in a Scott Turner's offense. Uh, yeah, I think what we've seen, the classic thing to say with Dwayne is that you, whatever your evaluation of him beforehand, you saw enough of, of that throughout last year to, to confirm your evaluation, whether it was good or bad. Okay. Um, because he was inconsistent. Obviously, he started off bad, and as we saw, he did get better. And by the end of the year, he was playing pretty well. Um, and, and so if you're the optimistic type or you're the one that thought that he could be a good quarterback and he was a first-round quarterback and, and you felt that he was the best quarterback or the second-best quarterback in the draft, then you feel like you saw enough that there is going to be some progress. And and, and with a, a coaching staff that buys in and um, a, a better situation, then, yeah, there's no reason why he can't play well. Um, and I tend to lean more that way, I, th- I think, um we're seeing certainly a guy that seems to have bought in more the the coaching staff seems to be more on his side and and i guess that probably helps him buy in more whereas this time last year obviously there was a coaching staff that needed to win that year right, and, right. and Dwayne Haskins just wasn't ready for that yeah. so um the the matchup was was a terrible one and and then you know that's kind of (laughs) parting gift for the team was right match up that well so um i i think there's certainly potential there and i i i kind of throw some of last year out the window some of it is still valuable but some of it is kind of like the situation was so terrible and he he took a lot of bumps early in the year and he did look better down the stretch so I, i kind of lean back on my college evaluation of him which was he was someone that could develop into a pretty good quarterback and he was a guy that um uh, i thought processed the game very well i thought he could move through reads very well i thought um he understood protections better than most college quarterbacks and understood how to and there's understanding protections and then there's having the confidence to step up to your offensive line and saying hey that guy's coming pick him up we'll slide this way Mm-hmm. And, and you know being able to trust that the the line get your message and will pick the guy up so uh, that was something that i thought he was very good at and in college and something that's getting better at and and will do well in the nfl so i think there's enough there to, to be optimistic about but um there are still some questions and, and i think the mechanics of his how his footwork and, and stuff that was something I wrote about today was his yeah I read that his footwork and and Ken Zampezi is a, a great quarterback coach or has certainly has great reputation as a quarterback coach for fixing fundamentals and I think that's something that um, will be key to him because his footwork does get very sloppy at times and, and that can cause some of those bad throws um, so I think if Zampezi has the opportunity to you know actually get out there and work with him um with all the virus stuff happening we we have no idea when that's going to be but if he actually right. gets the chance to to do that then um i think there's every chance that haskins can bounce back and and, and show that talent that got him drafted in the first round in the first place 
Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I and I figured I figured that that was along the lines of what you'd say. Yeah. Um, and I mean, when you watch Dwayne from last year, you see some some traits that he has that that are things that you know you kind of just have or you don't like standing standing in the pocket, sticking in the pocket, and throwing the ball and taking the hit. Where some guys fall away from that, some guys don't. You know, and that's yeah, that's encouraging to see. He showed some stuff we hadn't seen, like escapability, which yeah, we thought he couldn't do. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. He showed that, and so. Okay, and I'm, it's exciting going into 2020 knowing that this staff is around him, seemingly really giving him this year, you know. Yep. And, and we'll see what happens after that. So then the very last question is just as a fan, how are you feeling going into this season? Um, obviously, and I've kind of said this because obviously, the, the, you know, if you're not a fan or if you're not up to date constantly, you view it all the same. But there is a big difference what's happened this offseason versus – you know, when Bruce Allen and Mike Shanahan were brought in, when Jay Gruden was brought in, when Vinny Strada was fired, you know, the, the Ron Rivera, not just hiring as the coach, but the organizational shift of firing Bruce Allen and giving Ron Rivera control over really the whole organization is significant. And so as fans, I think we have more reason to be optimistic about the long-term view, not, not just about what we think will happen this season. And so just as a fan, I'm wondering how you feel, um, how, optimistic or maybe hopeful you are because I think it's good to always be hopeful even if you're not so optimistic but wondering how you're feeling going into this year after everything that transpired at the end of last season or at the beginning of this year yeah so um the first thing I would say is that I wouldn't necessarily 100% classify myself as a as a fan anymore because I tried okay. to uh shed that a little bit to keep myself as unbiased as possible. That makes sense. That makes sense. But from as a professional. A, from uh <laughs> from a fan's point of view, um I I I would feel optimistic about the young talent on this team. I would feel that they still have a ways to go. Um but I think you can see, you know, the big thing that Rivera always harps on about is culture. Um and I think you can see that that has started to turn um, and you know, that does take a while to really embed itself within the team. So um, I, I don't necessarily think that year one is going to be a great year. Um, maybe Haskins, you know, steps up yeah. and, and suddenly they're a great team, but um, I, I think it will be slower steps than that. And yeah, I think, um, you know, in terms of wins, it could be a season where, they don't win that many games, but they can hang around in most of them. They can show some promise. The young guys, McLaurin, Haskins, Chase Young, uh, Payne, Allen, those guys can show that there is potential there. They just need more depth in the roster um, and, and that there's something worth building on. Um, and I think there is something worth building on there. I think there is a foundation there, um, albeit kind of a small one at this point. Um, so I, I would feel optimistic about the future, about this season specifically. I think it's a season where the main goal is to see what you have in Dwayne Haskins. And if, if you think you Definitely. have something there, then, then you're three steps ahead of where you would be. Um, and if you don't think you have something there, then hopefully you lose enough games to get into the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes right. and, and, right. and restart again. But yeah, I, I, I think there is enough there to be positive about. And, and even if, you know, it's not the most entertaining season because they end up losing games. Uh, I, I think 
you look for individuals that you know are going to be around the team for a long time and that will be um and, and how they step up and 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 progress and and if they if as the guys that we talked about Payne, allen young ionidis um sweat mclaurin um haskins those young guys if they can show progress and show that this is the foundation of the team going forward then i think there is plenty of reason to be optimistic yeah i that makes sense um and I've kind of been saying along the same, not along the same lines of everything you said, but really just about hoping that fans' expectations this year realize, I guess, our goal is to see the progress as opposed to the actual success when, when loss on the field, right? Yeah. Because we don't hand out, you know, participation or effort trophies, but how you lose does kind of matter big picture. And this team, yeah. the way they lost last year was bad, you know. It wasn't like they were losing close games. They were losing – pretty badly so yeah if yeah uh we can see these young guys just show what they got and even if it's five and eleven or six and ten but you're not getting blown out you're losing one possession or so that's an improvement so thank you mark again for joining us um i would i would think that most people who follow us already follow you on twitter but if not definitely follow mark it's at mark bullock um nfl on twitter and um, and then also read his stuff on athletic, and you'll learn a lot. You'll enjoy it. And it, I mean, just I guess, good luck with everything going forward with your future endeavors, with your future role as you know offensive coordinator on the staff or <laughs> whatever it may be, starting your own you know sports, whatever it may be. Just good luck and and congrats on getting to the point where you have based on your hard work. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. It was a, a good fun podcast, and I'd love to come back on at some point. Yeah, yeah, well, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> you can take over the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Uh, we hope to talk to you again in the future. Yeah, great. Cheers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.